This episode of Tales from the Bolterlands is sponsored in part by... Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Silent Killer Gas Passer. Mr. Silent Killer Gas Passer. Last night you had the enchilada combo platter. This morning the three cheese omelet with broccoli. This afternoon you're a ticking time bomb. Because of you, a simple elevator ride is suddenly a 42-floor plummet into the very bowels of hell. You take my breath away. Who did it? Who cares? Sweet mercy, please just someone light a match. Sweet, sweet mercy. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, oh ninja of the nasty. And while you're at it, crack open a window. Mr. Silent Killer Gas Attention all good brothers and sisters, welcome to Tales from the Bolterlands. Oh man, I finished. Horizon Dawn, the greatest hits, that had the Frozen Wilds DLC attached. Those are good times. But since we're talking about video games, I got a blast from the past. You came and told me, was it yesterday, the day before? Day before. The Space Marines 2! Space Marine 2, Titus is back. Space Marine 2, Titus squared. I was gonna go electric boogaloo, but no, right. no, he it's it's just gonna it should just literally just be it, not even called space marine, it should just be called Titus, you know, to the second. Is he a he's primaris now? Is he primaris now? Is yeah. he is he thirty three percent more space marines? Yeah, he is. He is straight up. He's got two more service studs than he had last time. So this takes place uh, like two hundred years after the the events of the last game. The fighting tyrannids in this one. The fighting tyrannids in this one. He, yeah, in the trailer, he goes toe to toe with like a, you know, brood lord or something, and then rips it in half, and you know, looks like he's picked up some uh, some black templars action. He's got his chainsword that's been chained to his hand. All right, fair so, enough. So you know, I always hated when I dropped my chainsword. Yeah, he looks angry as ever. I'll be real curious to see how they, you know, what resolution they have because the last the last game ended on that cliffhanger. You know, as they're the Inquisition, <laughs> you know the Inquisition came in, and was just like we're out of here. Like, well, how how does this happen? I just remember falling off the tower, repeatedly punching the bad guy. As yeah, as we yeah, fell to our that, death. that was the end. But then you didn't die. Okay. And then the Inquisition came, and was just like, oh, you, you know, Titus, you've been, you know, because he was captain of the eighth in that in that game. He was captain of the eighth, and then he it was kind of weird because Cato. Uh, Cato Sicarius is also the captain of the eighth, but they don't mention. Whoops! They don't mention Titus anywhere, and he he disappears like literally, literally the, the Inquisition takes him away, and now he comes back, and like Cato Sicarius is still he's, he's seen too much. He's still captain of the eighth, right? But uh, Titus is uh, is uh, no, he's he's Primaris now. 
He's angry. So buff. So yeah, he literally is going to be stomping the crap out of Gene Steelers. I guess I need to clarify. I'm not pooping on it. I enjoyed Space Spring when it came out. It is the single best 40k game I've ever played. Those it was a little bit like Lord of the Rings. A lot of walking in between segments. It was very pretty. A lot the the multiplayer was a lot of fun. It's the reason I bought an Xbox 3 shitty so I could play with my friends online. Nothing but good feels and memories of that game. Also, one of THQ's last games before they went under. Was it that one? Space Marine? It was one of the... Because THQ went out was shortly it, afterward. Were they making the... There wasn't... There was going to be an MMO. I forgot who was making that. That was, Dirk, that, that was Dirk Millennium Online. And that was... Oh, okay. that would have been amazing. Because that, that would have come out at the height of the, you know, the MMO craze. Oh, Everybody's lying up to be the guardsmen with their ineffective last gun. Pew, pew. Yeah, right? Pew, you know, pew. I want to be Imperial. I don't even want to imagine the nightmare that that's class balancing of that. You know, it's like you're waiting for that undead, you know, rogue come up and snickety snack, you know, in the in the 40K universe, and it ain't going to be the guardsmen. No, I just, everyone just wants to play as the Titan. Yeah. <laughs> class. I always win. Server class. Completely blown out. Everyone's playing Titans. Yeah. It should we make a different game? No, no. <laughs> Perfectly acceptable. No, but man, Space Marine Two. I don't care. I don't care if you know everyone's pooping all over it. It's it is the game that we. It, it came out a complete surprise. I had no idea. It was announced at the Video Game Awards. So I'm just like, I thought that they were just going to let that die. But, uh, well, I thought it was long dead. I mean, yeah. it just, but no, apparently it's going to be back. I don't consider myself a connoisseur so much, expert, sommelier of multiplayer video games. I'm you're pretty... gonna you're gonna buy that game just like I am, and we're gonna sit there playing multiplayer Hope... deathmatch with that thing. Well, probably. hope hopefully they've got dedicated servers this time. You'd hope so. We're hoping. Um, I just want, but the interesting though is that because he's Primaris now, right? And in in this this is the crossover with the lore, is that right now Primaris don't have jump packs. They've got like the they've got those fancy flying guys, but they're not jump packs necessarily. What are they? They're something. It's a weird class. Because I mean, now again, I've not been paying attention. I know enough to know that there were the Primaris initially in yeah. 8th, and they had guys with yeah. jump packs, and they had your choice of the new action yeah, assault like, bolters. Yeah, or like flamethrowers or, or something. Or plasma guns. Yeah. So. They had, they had the cool face shield. Yes. So like, so, like, the eyes would go first before the face when the plasmas went up. But all that, from what I understand, all that 8th edition Primaris has basically old. been thrown in the garbage because they've reintroduced new units new yeah new, i don't think there's there's nobody stuff else in with, with there aren't new jump pack dudes because there's like the the bike guys there's the, the scout one the vanguard guys you know yeah there's all so of them. but in this one because like also like those dudes like they had very specific loadouts right mm-hmm. in the one of the cutscenes that they showed for this game is titus comes streaking in on a jump pack with a chain sword and like a bolt pistol so it's like, oh, it's going to be the Smash Captain days of old. You know, 
you saw your OG Smash you Captain. Saw, you yeah. saw it here first. Primaris Smash Cat. Sorry, sorry. Primaris Smash Lieutenant confirmed. Yep. Confirmed. No, that was that was so much fun. Those multiplayers because you you'd hear that 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 hammer wind up. No, Boom. well you they, you'd land with a jump pack and you'd hear the the chainsaw. You know the the three hit combo. Like oh, well, I'm dead. Like oh, that's great. Very fond memories. Uh, playing that one online. Looking forward to revisiting. Is that supposed to be next year? Oh, who knows? It 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 might even get it might get canceled. Who knows? You know, it depends how much money uh, GW can wring out of it. But yeah, I don't, I don't well, think it, it, it is. I will say this: it's nice to see something like this presented, oh, and, sure. and not yet another RTS or another. Um, app game uh, yeah you know where it's like oh you Pay know to win yeah horse heresy or tower defense craziness or you have to build up 80 something resource things and it's not fun to play exactly well it's like and tr- traditionally it's been what has been successful for 40k video games it's going to be the slytherin rts games or it's going to be the you know the dawn of war series which are still rts games like that's great I like RTS games. I don't like them that much. I'd like to see something. There is so much else in the 40K world. It does not have to be space. It doesn't have to be RTS. And good brother Ben and I were talking about this a couple nights ago because we obviously we're leaving the demographic. Oh, actually, probably left or out of the the range. Not because you're too old, but because you're too poor. Both. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's both demos. We literally can't afford to play. There's no more liquid capital. There's no more, you know. Yeah, and we're old, so it's just—it's the double—it's the double whammy, right? I can't afford tenth edition when it comes out. It's like I had to choose between tenth edition or depends. You know, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm too old for this. But we were talking about it, and it's like, you know, strategy gaming, whether it's turn-based or whatever, along, you know, not RTS, not having to hotkey. So a twelve-year-old kid oh, you don't care is about completely action. destroying me because he's mastered the hotkey system, he's, and he's. Way more efficient is pumping out units than I am. His actions per minute are yeah. so high. Oh, it's like watching. A, I was watching a replay of one of the champion StarCraft matches, you know, and they're talking about like, you know, oh, their build patterns are, are spot on. You know, they're exactly where they need to be. And one dude like accidentally misclicked on something. And this was like two minutes into the game, right? They're not even fighting each other yet. This guy misclicked and the answer was like, oh, that's a huge setback. You know, that could be the, that could be the match hole right there. Like, yeah, he selected the wrong unit. Like, yeah, I spent that game. I'm like, I don't even know what this unit does. No, man, I, I tell you, we back in the day in Memphis uh, at the store, we had a 20 computer land network and we'd rent time on it. Folks were coming in and they, we'd have these epic StarCraft matches. And it all started out early with us just like pointing and clicking and like, oh, I'll put this over here and I'll click the bill. It's, it's like you're playing. And then the, like the junior high kids come in out of school and they're just hot key city, you know, not even looking, you know, just like at the screen. They just know what they need to be pressing and when. They're, they're playing on the StarCraft level and you're playing in like the Warcraft 2 level. You know, they yeah. want to you know, click on the pins like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like, Job done. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, like, my favorite was the Death Knight. Stop poking me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, oh, this is funny. Yeah, <laughs> I'm over clicking one guy who's not even doing anything. 
you know, I got this 13-year-old with like a thousand strong. 13 hydralisks yeah, ready to drop just, down on you. You know, just mowing through Main Street. Me and my two shitty buildings I put together. Needless to say. We are out of the demographic. Yeah. I guess the, the, the big secret's out. That's why we like XCOM so much. It's turn-based. It's like, yay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can click on it as many times as you want. You'll still miss. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> 97% is... hit. Yeah. Nothing. Like, you know. My gun is literally clipping into the model of the sectoid. Missed. Like, you find... <laughs> That's sexcom, baby. <laughs> Sid, Me- Sid Meier pops up with a fat stogie out of the corner of his mouth. Like, ah! <laughs> it's like, I'll take my $40. You know, he, he's doing that 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 dog pose from the old Nintendo duck hunt oh, thing. He just, he just slides up. <laughs> and yeah, we keep buying his games. Well, no, I, I, got, out, well, I got off the Civ train a while back. But he does XCOM. For access, though, not spending all by buying all his games. Oh, okay. It's it's, it's kind of narrowed down the branch. Just buying the XCOM games, but the the most recent ones have been really good, though. They have. I've enjoyed them a lot. Like like with XCOM, you know, XCOM two, and then you know the the you know the expansion for XCOM two, which is basically like a whole other you know experience of how to play XCOM 2, you know, the, the War of the Chosen or whatever, like, yeah. completely changed the game. Completely changes. And then what was really cool is that they they, they, they flipped it, you know, because they had the XCOM where you're playing as the cops. Mm-hmm. Like, that completely changed how the game is played. Yeah, it had a different feel. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't even know about it. You told me about that and uh, got it when it came out, played it. Uh, I've, already, Did- I've already apologized to the citizens of that city. Uh uh, for basically murdering, not arresting anyone, but just basically being a... a you were a street judge. You know. <laughs> you were literally... Yeah. I, I, it didn't judge. dawn on me until about six or seven missions into the game that you could actually apprehend people. I'm no. like, what? No, you're Sylvester Stallone as Judge Dredd in that great movie. At the very end, they're like, we need someone to take on the role of Chief Justice. And Jared's over here like, I'm a street <laughs> and I'm very late for work. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Thirteen summary executions. Were they all necessary? Unavoidable. <laughs> it was. I killed everyone. No, I, I said I've already apologized. I was kind of like after playing three versions of XCOM, I was kind of like in a groove, so, so to speak, of like, oh, they're trying to blow up the city. Kill them. You know, we'll fix the problem. Yeah, my bad. Sorry, I just loaded up, and fans of the show will know that I am not Mister on top of it. Current hotness of game. So I just loaded the first of the the Drake, the Uncharted Uncharted games. games. I just played like the first three chapters right before you came over. Just you know, those like the greatest hits. It's like it's yeah. got the first three in there, and then it's got the coupon to buy the fourth part or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick you know, it's one of the you know. The greatest hits collection got it for 15 20 bucks whatever you immediately have the problems of that game came out in like 2007 and you're used to games having a certain level of i don't hate my life a lot of walking a lot of walking in between segments those, are, those are load screens yeah apparently so it loaded up quick though unlike current games where like when you got me hooked on uh, ghost of tsushima 
and I put it in, you know, the pay station four and came back two days later while I was loading or installing. So I was like, that was kind of nice. This thing zipped right up. I was well, like, the, the days of buying a game and playing it in, the, in one sitting, those are, those are so far beyond us now. <laughs> well, that was always the big gripe was this game is $50 retail and you'll beat it the weekend you buy it. You'll be done with the, the content, the, the, ca- the campaign content. And then, of course, as they added multiplayer and stuff like that, you as can, you can buy, you can buy more. You can buy more yeah. entertainment, yeah, for twenty dollars a piece. Yeah, and over EA, here's a microtransaction. You want to, you want to look cool while you're doing it? Yeah, yeah, you do. We're looking forward to Space Marine Two. More Space Marines, twice the Space Marines. I don't care. I'm going to buy it just because it was such a fun game. You literally regain health by running into groups of dudes that was really cool it felt re- like that entire game like the first one it's all about it's against orcs right or then yeah. there's chaos guys later on but it's mostly about orcs and it's like in all of the space for or all of the other 40k games so far it's like you know it's groups of space marines finding other groups of stuff it's like there's nothing special about the space marines like you you hear so many stories in the lore of 40k that you know a group of 10 space marines could take out an entire planet if they really wanted to you know this 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 idea that they are just they would destroy anything it's like in space marine there were three space marines at the start of the game and they did yeah. like two wouldn't, of them wasn't even a combat squad of five no it was like, and two of those dudes effed off and did something else and like you just it's just you against one space marine against a whole city of orcs. I'm like, well, this feels pretty cool. Like, I'm gonna start stomping. Yeah. It's a bomb, it's a bomb squig. <laughs> Run. <laughs> but yeah, like and it just it felt cool. Well, there were so many there was a lot of little things that just made it feel really good. Like there was times when you have the guard running around, they're fighting the orcs and they get all fired up when they see you and you're playing the character. You walk over to the auto cannon tripod. Yeah. And you don't have time to pull the lever and just release it from the tripod. You just walk over, tink, just snap it right off the tripod, pick it up and empty the drum out. You know, I was pretty cool. And, and, and to your point that the mechanic of gaining your health back by getting in there and mixing it up. And the more you were fighting, restoring, you know, the hit points to the, to the tune. I was like, this is pretty wicked. Like you want to get stuck in, you want to get in there and, and yeah, well, it, it almost, it's going to sound, this is going to be a really weird comparison, but it reminded me a lot of the momentum of like Mad Max Fury road. Whereas it's like, there's so much stuff happening. And like, it's always moving forward. Like in that game, it's like you were great that the game is one. It's, it's literally one linear story from point A to point B. And then every now and then there's a set piece battle where something cool happens. Like you're, Fighting on the back of a titan, you're fighting. You know, uh, you know, you you drop in onto the ramshackle orc ships at the very beginning. You know, it's, yeah. it's set piece after Reckon, set piece. And just start wrecking house. Yeah, and it's but yeah. it's you know you're just yeah you're walking in between all these various set pieces, but it's like you are gaining momentum this entire time, and there's not really a lot of time to breathe, which was so cool about that game. Is just like when it did ease up, like halfway through Fury Road. You know, when they're like, oh, we should just turn around and go back the other way. Like, everything just kind of stops. You're like catching your breath for that brief period where it's like, oh, 
I'm a space marine and I don't have anybody to kill. I better walk back that other way and start killing yeah. people again. This is like, <laughs> all right, back into the fray. <laughs> and that's exactly what the whole game was. It had its own self-contained little story that, you know, yeah, okay, chaos, blah, blah, blah. People are going to argue at the ending of it because it was a big quick time event. But you know what? You're just getting that giant thunder hammer. <laughs> just, just crushing people was hilarious. No, definitely. I'm, I'm hoping they, they figured out they need dedicated servers for multiplayer. Yeah. Can't wait. Definitely want to see that one again. Get my custom armor paint on. Yeah, yeah. Stuff you, done. You'll make a chapter. Is your own chapter, you know? Or are you going to go with one of the traditionals? Everyone's going to be playing Alpha Legion. We all know that. Well, we gotta get we gotta get the Bolter Club logo imported somehow, so we can put it up on the shoulder pad. You know, have the cross bolters underneath. Oh, man. That would be wicked. Wicked had. It's gonna be yeah. Don't know when the games come out. Didn't, didn't see any dates, but looking forward to it. All right, folks. A little pause for the cause. Back in the. <laughs> Bartender, I really did it this time Broke my parole to have a good time When I got home, it was 6 a.m. The door was locked, so I kicked it in She was tripping on the bills I think she was high on some pills She threw my things out into the yard Then she called me a bum and slapped me real hard And in my drunken stupor, I did I should have never done Now I'm sitting here Talking to you Drunken on the run I'm sitting at a bar on the inside Waiting for my ride on the outside She stole my heart In the trailer park So I jacked the keys to her father's car And crashed that Chevrolet And then stepped away You know, Mo, I'll probably get ten years So just give me beers till they get here Yeah, I know the sun is coming up And y'all are probably getting ready for closing up But I'm trying to drown my soul I'm tired of this life on a dirt road And everything that I love is gone And I'm tired of hanging on She got me sitting at a bar on the inside Waiting for my ride on the outside She stole my heart in the trailer park So I jacked the keys to her father's car And crashed that Chevrolet and stepped Guess away Guess it was meant to be Romance is misery So much for memories And now I'm headed to the penitentiary See me on TV The next cop series I am a danger I guess I should've did something about my anger But I never learned Real things that don't concern I pour kerosene on everything I love and watch it burn I know it's my fault But I wasn't happy it was over She threw a fit so I crashed her daddy's hand now I'm going back again Back to the pen to see my friends And when we all pile out that county van They're gonna ask me where I've been I've been at a bar on the inside Waiting for my ride on the outside She stole my heart in the trailer park So I jacked the keys to her father's car And crashed that Chevrolet and stepped away 
Well, friends and neighbors, I hope you're ready because it's story time with Tales from the Bolterlands, baby. What stories are we telling today? We're going to talk about movies. And Might we talk about tales of high adventure? Mm-hmm. Very much so. So, you know, we were kicking the tires around not too long ago about what movies had, had sold, you know, and it, it, we were talking about, you know, where was this movie placed? And we were having another conversation about how come this movie is considered a flop, but yet gets four sequels and movies that make almost double the amount of money don't now understandably in real time you've got things like oh this movie cost way much more to make or movies don't just get made be- sometimes movies won't get made because actors are tied up with other yeah contracts. yeah the, the, so the, like the, 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 the timings wind- off the windows closed we can't do it that's yeah. like what happened with dread you know i'm pretty sure like you know i thought dread was an amazing movie and i know that certain individuals involved with the making of that movie would like to make another one but it probably will never happen yeah I mean, I'm a, I consider myself a casual fan of the Dread character. I've not read the comics. I know of Dread. I know that I don't know all the particulars. I enjoyed the movies a whole lot, and I'd like to see more of them. No, can't. I, I treated it. I told all my friends to go on Netflix and put Dread on before they go to bed and let it play, just so Dread would get the runs, the playtimes. You know, it's like, hey, you know, just, people, are people are watching it. We should make another. Carl Urban's trying. Yeah. Did a great job. Never took the helm. I mean, the the stigma of dread was I thought was very very cool in how he did it. But but it, was, but it was a flop. But it was a flop. They're all flops. I mean, if you listen to the executives, no no movie in Hollywood ever made money, including the top two hundred all grossing of all time movies. They all lost money too. Nothing ever makes money in Hollywood. It's don't worry about it. Just keep on going. We're gonna keep making more movies that lose money. Yeah. Yeah, we just keep making them. This whole thing got started when I went to go see Ghostbusters Afterlife. Because unlike The Force Awakens, I felt like the Ghostbuster movie was not just rebooted or redone for a modern time to relaunch it for No, it was it was a continuation story. Yeah, it was very much a continuation story, but they they proper I mean it was made with love and care. Ivan Reitman's son, I think, directed it. I think, I don't remember all the writing credits, but I thought it was Reitman, Aykroyd, and they gave Harold Ramis a writing credit for it. It was a nice continuation story, and they leave the door open for new adventure, new things to happen. So it was everything that the all-girl... All the all women Ghostbusters wasn't. And not bashing them. I'm well, not bashing either. Yeah, I, just... I was. I was very. I was very hopeful of that movie. I went and saw it, and I wanted it to do well. I thought it was a cool premise. I didn't mind it, considering you know the the swap between the the original Ghostbusters of all male and the the female receptionist, and now it's a male receptionist and all female you know, Ghostbusters didn't phase me at all. I just felt like it just came up short as a movie there were things that made me laugh there were things i enjoyed it's not the worst movie in all of the times something didn't line up and i only watched it once so i didn't like i'm not going to break it apart and break it down and 
be like, okay, 17 minutes and 20 seconds in, this is where it fails. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. Just as a casual movie fan, just didn't, it seemed like it didn't fire on all cylinders. Did it feel like a Ghostbusters movie? I know. You know, I had the, the feeling of it. It just, I don't know if you'll be able to get all those actors together again to do another one. Even if it did say, I, I still don't understand what the break point is. And real quickly, because I was curious, because every movie I liked that we're about to talk about was considered a flop. And I didn't understand what that meant. It's like, what de- what determines a flop? And from the internets, where we go to bitch about movies, share pornography. Sometimes both at the same time. Sometimes both at the same time. They say on the internets that a flop is a movie that doesn't cover 60%, I think the number 60%, of its cost at the box office. Now, I don't know how accurate that is. I don't know if it's another moron like me sitting in a basement just populating a website with that. I also know that 20, 30 years, the dynamic of a movie released on screen and then it went to to video cassette to buy, to rent. Laserdiscs got thrown in there somewhere. Those got pitched away. The beta. DVD. Betas. Betamax was strong. Betamax. Strong. Some quality. Just very short runtime. The switch to VHS. Those those sons of bitches wore out so fast. But anyway, you remember tracking? Yeah. Oh, dude, I remember the remote, the wired remote that only had like three feet of length on it. it had the tracking button on it, the little plus and minus. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then my job was to sit in front of the TV and go blind. Work the remote somewhat while my parents sat on the couch, you know, nine feet away. Yeah. I'm not bitter about it. That's what's important. So but getting back to what we were saying, I was really curious because I've got this nostalgia feeling going back to 1984 and watching Ghostbusters. I must have, I, I know that I've saw it in the theater at least three times, possibly a fourth. So whatever I paid in ticket money back then, because they're all matinees, that was 11 or 12. So we'll just say, we'll round it up. I put 15 bucks towards that gross total of Ghostbusters. So proud of you. I do my part. I do what I can. What well, got me thinking? I'm like, well, what was a hit that year? What was a flop? And why? So I just wanted to go back. I wanted to see what came out in 1984. So friends and neighbors, we're going to make a quick trip back to 1984. So get your hair spray out and get your hair all big if you still have it. Unlike myself. Let's look at the 184 movies that that came out in 1984. So we're going to skip the the bottom 40. And I just want to point out, along with flop, the term cult hit. So I, I knew what that meant because that meant that movie came out, did nothing, and then fans found it at the rental store and rented it over and over and over again and generated life into these movies. Or got the rights where it got purchased, got slammed on a TV network somewhere late at night yep. and they showed it repeatedly. 
So, like all of TNT, out, out of the 184 movies released in 1984, Repo Man comes in at 145, and with adjusted money, ends up. Oh no, I didn't adjust this. So, in '84, this movie did 2.3 million dollars. So, if you jump on the old inflation calendar, that is going to show up as 6.1 million, and that one ain't going anywhere, right? Because if a movie doesn't make 6.1 million in the opening 15 minutes, it's definitely you know getting kicked right out of the theater even before the end of the week. It doesn't make it; it's a bad movie, but that's a cult hit. Other rental hits that came out in 1984: Silent Night, Deadly Night. If you ever remember being, you know, in the time of renting movies, you always saw this one on the shelf. It was always present and it's like four sequels. That came out in 84. Chud, Cannibalistic Humanoids Under, what was the D? Another rental classic, 1984. This one blows my mind. This is Spinal Tap. 4.7 million back in 84. So that's what? That's going to end up being 12 million almost. That, yes, cult hit, but that is a, just a funny, funny movie and still did so little in the theater. What you have to look at it is that that movie in particular spawned a whole genre of like a mockumentary. Yeah. Like, I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen, like mm-hmm. all of his movies are basically based on this idea of, you know, a fake yeah, documentary. They can all draw they all draw back to this is Spinal Tap. Yeah. Because the guys who made Spinal Tap kept making them, you know, with making movies with their friends. Okay. That's what Kevin Smith does. Him and his friends go make movies. Clint Eastwood did the same thing. Clint Eastwood made all kinds of movies in different genres. What was the same? Him and his buddies made all of them. Adam Sandler. Sandler, yeah, nothing wrong with it by all means. Definitely remember those. If you're big fans of watching bad 80s movies on Amazon Prime, like me, uh, Runaway, Tom Selleck came in at 119 in 1984. DC Cab just beat him out, Mr. T, 117. Once Upon a Time in America, a, a, a fantastic gangster flick. With an all-star cast, and it came in at 114. You'll see this during the holidays when like TNT and all the cable channels just replay all the gangster stuff because they know folks are home and they can watch all six hours of it uncut and direct, you know, extra foot added in and rebooted and whatever. I'm gonna mention Streets of Fire at 111 because it's got our boy the Green Goblin in it. Willem Dafoe? Yep. I think it made it to 111 because it had that really cool uh, radio hit on it. It was was a one and done hit, but it's still good times. Let's see. Skipping up. This one melted my brain. At 106, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, easy for me to say, came in at at 106. It did 6.3 million back in the day. It's okay because Peter Weller went on to do other great things. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, as a matter of fact, he did a couple years after this. It was, it was amaze balls. I also want to say I do realize that there's more people going to the movies now. There's more theaters now. 
it's a little different, but still, even then, that was just wild. This one on my list, all time, fantastic. I'm going to watch it again tomorrow. Ninja 3, The Domination. September 14th, 1984, released by Canon Films, studio of all quality action flicks. Dude, do they do all the American, do they do the American Ninja movies too? Probably. Probably. Invasion USA, all the Chuck Norris movies. We'll find them. We'll find out real fast because we're getting there. All right, moving on up. Uh, this one I want to mention uh, for uh old friend of mine, Shauna Tilden, number 87, Hard to Hold with Springfield. Could go see that in 84, April 6th. 8.8 million. They got some of my money too. Wasn't a bad movie for, you know, a guy that had a bunch of radio hits. They said, hey, let's make a movie with him. He, he plays a musician. This will be great. I don't remember much about that movie. Thanks, Shauna. Anyway, moving on. Uh, oh, this one's great. Break into Electric Boogaloo. End of the year, December 19th from Canon. Another high. Hey, they're break, breaking out into musicals now. Not just action flicks, sir. $10 million and change. And the movie was all about breakdancing. Yeah, that's all you needed. Oh, this one. This one's awesome. Number 76. Tank with James Garner. This is domestic terrorism at its best. Somebody doesn't like how things go, so they get in their Sherman tank and they drive down the highway and they start blowing shit up. Fantastic. They make him look like a hero, but in, but in today's times... This is the predecessor to Killdozer. You know, have you seen? Have you watched that one yet? The movie that they did of I want to about the Killdozer. I want to. It's, I feel bad for dude. Like, what, now that you know the backstory, that this wasn't just some whacked out. No, he's you, you know screwed apocalypse guy that was like you know I'm gonna make you know listen to me. He's like no, he was like it was like falling down. Yeah, you know, I was just like having a real bad day. You know, he was more than just a bad day. Yeah. Number 74, personal favorite of mine. Quoted often, Honey Dangerously. End of the year, they got some of my money for this one too. 11.7 mil and change. Dreamscape at 73 million dollars. I watched the hell out of that. They got some of my money. The Pirates, they got some of my money. That's MGM. Ooh, wow. I didn't know they, they produced that. 13 million dollars. That one, I love it as a kid. Didn't age well for me, but hey, there's still some chuckles in it. With my favorite actor, Gene Hackman, coming in at 66. That movie's just a punch in the gut. Uh, ending, that's a heavy flick. 13.9 million. Night of the Comet. There were 65 on this list, and it did $14 million. And I don't understand, because that movie is hot garbage. And I love terrible movies. And there, this movie, just no. There's no accounting for taste. This one right here. This will creep anybody out. Number 64, Children of the Corn. 14.6 million. Considered a flop now? I don't know. Cause yeah, because yeah, even when you even when you spring it up to today's money, that's still. Yeah, but then, now, but then they show it on like. USA Network all the time. Yeah, but they spent nothing to make it. I mean, there's, I mean, children. They paid for some corn. The corn was there. You've been, you're from. You've been in Nebraska. It never goes away. Sixty three, 
So ET comes out, crushes cash. Every little dinky theater near me sold out. I never saw ET in the theater because I never could get tickets before it went away. This pieces became a childhood standard from yep. that point on. Yep. So Drew Barrymore is, you know, the world gets to know her in ET. Two years later, she's in the Stephen King, the second Stephen King movie that year in Firestarter. Do you think 15 the, million? You think the company that owns like Eminem and and Skittles, like they're kicking themselves because they turned down being in this movie and Reese's was just like, Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> They had to break out somewhere, man. It was just like, yeah. like oh, I don't know. Yeah. You be, like, Steven Spielberg's like, I want you some candy. You got any candy? And I mean, I'm just like, nah. Skittles is like, nah. nah. <laughs> Reese himself is like, yeah, sure, have some Come of my on, candy. Man. Come on, man, take my candy. Starman. End of the year in December. Sony Pictures was our favorite bridge. Jeff. He he, Starman taught me how to drive. Yeah. Starman, I, I did not see this one in the theater. See yellow light, just drive faster. Yeah, I did not see this one in the theater. I saw this one when it hit hit cable. Coming in at fifty four. This one because it's the it came out at the end of eighty three, so it made most of its money in eighty four, and it would be considered a flop. Now this was a long ass movie. Even back then, we weren't used to having these mega run movies. Well, can you imagine those long movies? Like, how many times they'd have to change the reels? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They actually had to have somebody that was in the projector booth and then change stuff over. Well, I mean, we're I mean, we're in 84, man. We're deep in the yayo. So, I mean, they got the they got the power, you know, to get through to change those reels out and keep it rolling. So, is it weird to think that there used to be people that would run the projector? And nowadays, it's, nowadays it's like it's just a computer and they just like hit play. Yeah. Like, and they don't even own the movie. They download it. They literally download the digital movie. Yep. And put it on the big Sony projector. Like, call it good. At 48. Hear me. Coming in at Yentl. Dropping 20 mil and change in 84. At 45, we've got Top Secret with our boy Val and fan of the show. Now, I've seen them a lot on the list so far. They rocked it at 21 mil. Into the good stuff. All these movies were considered flops, though, right? Oh, yeah. We're, we're deep at the flop. We're heavy. We got, I mean, the, we got the flops. I feel, I feel, I feel like I'm at, I'm at the World Series of crappy movies. Where, yep, and the flop. You know, it's like, all right. But maybe we make it to the river. I don't know. We'll find out. No, the flop drowns in the river. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So here's here is are we actually at the point where things start making money? When do these when do these become none of them money? made money? None of these were good. None movies. of them made money. The never ending story at 43, 21 million dollars. Bad enough that they made a sequel. Bad enough they made a sequel. Rhinestone didn't make a sequel for this one. Dolly Parton, Sylvester Stallone coming together, making a bad movie for about 21 million and change. The last Starfighter. At four, at coming in at 41, 22 million dollars in change. No sequel. Bad enough that they are making a sequel, though. Are, yes. What? The original director is coming back and they're going to be doing a sequel to The Last Starfighter. Well, they better hurry up. 
Because that cast is not getting any younger. No, it's, it's going to be probably different people. It's probably going to be like you know the main character's kid or something like that. But this is where this is where this is this is why we're talking about this, folks. That was at forty-one. Coming in at forty, missing in action. From Canon Films, greater fine cinema. Money. They're, they are $600,000 apart from The Last Starfighter to Missing in Action. They made four Missing in Action movies. You can, we only got one Last Starfighter in all this time. What's up? 16 Candles, John Hughes coming in at 38, $23 million. This movie we're about to announce at 37, lost money. That's David Lynch's Dune. That was very expensive to make at the time. And another long-ass real changing movie for some poor 16-year-old kid in, in the projector booth. Still loved it. I watched it just the other day. We were getting ready to go see Dune. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is like I don't think a lot of people would really know David Lynch without that movie. It was damn cool for the time. It's just, that was a lot to chew on. And if you didn't... It was hard to fit into one movie. <laughs> it wasn't Star Wars, right? No. It wasn't... It, it was... Even Star Wars told the story over three movies. Yeah. Patton coming in at 32. Not to look over uh, Freddy Krueger coming at 33 with A Nightmare on Elm Street. Sudden Impact, got a Dirty Harry movie of the year. Did 25 mil at 31. Conan the Destroyer, sequel to Conan the Barbarian. 26 million and change. A tale of high adventure. adventure. Coming at 30. The sequel to Cannonball Run at 27. I think Jamie Farr had to carry that. I don't, I don't think, or Turd Ferguson, as we uh, loving known as, wasn't in that one. Before Breaking 2, did $36 million, coming in at 20. Not to forget, The Terminator came out that year at 21. And did yeah, $36 million. I still think that movie would have been so much better. If they had put O.J. Simpson as the Terminator. Oof. Yeah, man. But remember. Talk about cancel culture kicking in now, well, huh? It would kicked in a lot sooner. That's what I'm saying. Because, but they remember, they wanted him. But they couldn't. They said, no, we could not believe in. We could not see O.J. Simpson as a bad guy. You trivia fans. 1984 was a really good year for Tom Hanks. Because he's in here twice at least. In 19, the Bachelor Party. At $38 million, and we jump ahead a little bit to Splash at 12. Him and Daryl Hannah and John Candy for a massive $62.5 million for Splash. Doing 38 himself. Red Dawn at 18 did 38, almost 40, $39 million. Never got a sequel. Granted, most of the cast killed off in the movie, but still, no sequel. But it got a reboot. It got rebooted. It did. They tried to, they tried to go back and Hemsworth it, but I don't think it worked out. When Sexual Assault was cool at 17. Uh, the Natural at 15. Sundance. Um, we talked about Splash. In terms of Redeerment, uh, my aunts and my mom loved this movie at 11. Good cry fest uh that one doesn't really count because that one came out in fall of 83 so i'll, I'll leave it on i made i made an exception for scarface purple rain top 10 baby coming in at 10 66 million dollars stone coming in at nine which i believe saved 20th century fox 
They were having some bad times. 75 million. Star Trek, Star Trek, easy for me to say. The Trek 3, Search for Spock at 76 million. Footloose coming in at 7 at 80. The original Police Academy at 81 at 6. The Karate Kid at $90 million. Beverly Hills Cop, $103 million, which was crazy money in those days. Gremlins at 3 with $148 million. Temple of Doom at 2 at $478 million. That's a huge jump. Oh, sorry. I looked at the wrong column. That's today's money. Oh, okay. Sorry. And at, back then it was 179 million. And Ghostbusters would be of 84, 220 million, 21 and change. And it came in at 500. In today's money, that's $587 million. It would still be considered a flop. It's, it still didn't make money, still wasn't a flop. Took forever. Well, that didn't take forever. It took a few years to get a sequel. It, it, did, it did do money top 10 and it's mostly paramount the, the, not a whole lot of disney yet yet that came a few decades later and sony pictures is in there a little bit warner made it with police academy of all movies and gremlins Play a tale of different times we converted the money and we see that like even ghostbusters at, at 587 million so different now and how they, you know, you start looking at the the top 200, you know, grossing movies of all time. Man, there was a lot of gold in the, in 84, man. There's a lot of movies that still keep coming back up. To the wild, wild west A state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness The track hits your eardrum like a slug to your chest Pack a vest for your Jimmy in the city of sex We in that sunshine state where the bomb ass hit me The state where you never find a dance floor empty and pimp speed On a mission for them greens Lean mean money making machines serving things I've been in the game for 10 years making rap tunes Ever since honeys was wearing Sassoon I was 95 and they clocked me and watched me Diamond shining, looking like I'm Rob Liberace It's all good, from Diego to the Bay Your city is the bomb and your city make it pain Throw up a finger if you feel the same way Straight putting it down for California, yeah Dreaming. Soon as I step on the scene, I'm hearing hoochie screaming. Painting for money and alcohol, but life 
of a West Side player with Cali style, and it's on wall. Only in Cali when we buy it, not rallies or live and die. In LA we wear jugs, not ballets. Yeah, that's right. Just in locs and khaki suits and wide is what we do. Flossing but half caution, we can lie with other boots, brands because we throw brands. Worldwide, let them recognize for long piece of old brands. Bumping and grinding like the slow jam. It's West Side, so you know the roll down. Down the no man. Say what you say, or give me that ball beat. For 